This is The Real Magic Podcast. Learn about great design and use it to get great results. Now your hosts, Greg Merrilies and Alan Nunez. Hello, listener, and thank you for joining Greg and I today for The Real Magic Design Podcast, where we unpack our experience to help designers and business owners understand how to make amazing designs and work together to make design that is profitable. I am Alan from Pixel Partners HQ, and here is my co-host, Greg from Studio One Design. How you doing, Al? I'm awesome, mate. How about you? Yeah, I'm really good, buddy. Feeling a bit uh, refreshed, had a bit of a break, went to the States for the Traffic and Conversion Summit. 2018. What have you been up to first, man? Mate, I have not been globetrotting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to be honest, mate, it's uh, it's just been a, a little busy, you know, I've got some family stuff going on and yep. I'm building a new office, so, nice. you know, pl- plus a whole bunch of other stuff that um, renovating around the house, but, you know, it means big clean out and, you know, I try and be pretty thorough with cleaning stuff out and let me tell you it is amazing how much you accumulate when you're not careful Mm, yeah yeah absolutely man but all right well that's that's cool so you've been pretty boring really (laughs) yeah but not you not you tell us i'm excited mate. yeah i had was a week in in san diego where the traffic and conversion summit 2018 was held and it was held at what's called the marriott hotel there on february 26 to 28 so uh, they had like 70 speakers, they had over 100 presentations, they had one main stage and then like three other relatively large stages plus smaller breakout rooms. It was over two levels, they had sponsored booths everywhere and, you know, apparently this this event cost about $2 million to put on. They had 6,000 attendees So, and with all their sponsor money, they would have made a small fortune. Yeah, I bet. And and that that's what we're talking about today, isn't it? it You're is. going to give us because we don't all get to jump on a plane and fly to the US and go to these amazing conferences. Yeah. Right. So what you've so graciously done is put together a bit of a summary for us. Yeah, and that's what today's about. Absolutely. And then, you know, I've got a heap of notes so we could work out how to present that as well later. But um yeah, for now, Really, I just wanted to sort of go over the, the main the main things that I learned and, and sort of what the benefits were to me as a, as a small business owner. So hopefully you listening can, you know, A, go to more events if you're not already, because I think you two could, you know, really benefit from, from going to events like this. But there was also some negatives about the event, and that is the size of it, right? So because it was so large and they had 100 presentations over three days, it's impossible to get to all of them. And so you constantly feel like you're missing out. Yeah, look, I mean, I'm, I'm going to talk to a couple of those points. So, so firstly, you know, we've talked about in the past, get out of your box, you know, go to live events, go to, you know, industry, trade shows, meet people, listen to the experts uh, about what they're doing and, and take learnings away and action them. And I, I think there's two sides to going to events like this. One is the amount of potential to meet fabulous people that can either become customers or they can become peers or they can introduce you to more people. And the second thing is that, you know, some of the things that these industry leaders are doing is just mind-blowing, absolutely mind-blowing. But you're right, when an event's this big, it's hard, it's it's a strain on the decision-making process. You know, what do I, 
what, how am I going to make the most of this time? Mm. And that was the whole thing. It was decision after decision after decision. And honestly, like if you're halfway through a session and you go, oh, I already know this stuff, you know, which happened a lot, I must say, because, you know, we're obviously, you know, keep you and I, we keep up to date with marketing trends and we're going to, you know, we're part of a couple of communities that keep on top of things. And in Australia, we're actually right on top of our game. You know, we have the latest information. We create trends in marketing as well. So, yeah, from that point of view, some of the events were kind of a waste of time going to, but there was some really good information overall. But, yeah, man, so many decisions and felt like I was missing out. Even down to, just quickly, people, right, meeting people. I met around 60 people at the event. A third of them were actually my existing clients and half of those I had never met before. So that was really exciting. But, you know, there was 6,000 people. So I, I missed out on meeting so many others. And it's because there's so many people walking around and everybody's on a mission to get from one event to, to the next, there wasn't really any sort of downtime to relax together in the hallways, you know. Yeah, you, you and I are a big fan of going to Superfast Business Live. And one of the reasons yeah. you and I both like that event is that it's a little more intimate. There's maybe, what, a couple of hundred people at the event. Yep. And the event organiser, James Shremko, actually builds in time to meet people. So, mm. you know, he provides, you know, your morning teas and your lunches and your afternoon tea. So you don't have to run off, grab something to eat and get back. You know, yeah. all the... All the information is delivered from the floor in one room. So you're not dashing between different venues on a timeline. And he keeps really strictly to the timeline. So you know exactly where you need to be without worrying, am I missing something? So, yeah. you know, there's ups and downs to both types of events. You know, I think going to these larger events, you have the potential to uh, get a, a bigger breadth of people that you might meet, but mm -hmm. making the effort to meet is really difficult. Yeah, most definitely, man. So, but look, you know, did meet some great people and, and I, I guess also just touching on the fact that I met some existing clients that, that I'd never met before, but, you know, we've designed for them and, and their website's alive and all that. You know, just cementing those relationships is really good because, you know, one, you're meeting them face-to-face -face and there's nothing more powerful than meeting somebody face-to-face -face versus over Skype or Zoom or, or email or whatever, right? And so, yeah, just cementing those relationships. Um, you know, uh, I'm, I'm actually going to, haven't told you yet, but we're going to invite a couple of those people onto our podcast as well. So, yeah, that'll, that'll be exciting. And I wouldn't have got those sort of opportunities if I hadn't really met them face-to-face. -face. So, and yeah, also, like I'm going to be on Chris Ducker's podcast, you know, when, when my new book comes out, he's agreed to that, which is awesome because he has like, you know, a ridiculous amount of millions of downloads on his on his podcast, right? So that's just going to be huge. And, you know, we were having a whiskey together at a bar, you know, it's, and he, he loves a good whiskey. And uh, yeah, he said, I said, what do you want, mate? And he said, I have a maker's mark. It's, that'll put hairs on your chest. It will. <laughs> it did. <laughs> It did exactly that. Jeez, I don't know how you could drink more than one of those. But anyway, it was good fun. But yeah, just meeting lots of people, you know, was was one of the main benefits from, from the event. But we can talk a little bit about the content, but I think we should save that for, for something more special, hey, Al? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it was an epic event. So, so why don't we go through what, you know, maybe what the big things were that, that you took away from the event and then... Give us a summary of some of the, you know, some of the interesting things, the the game changes for the for the near future that you think 
uh, people should look into? Yeah, sure. Well, I would say there are a few shifts coming our way. And, you know, one is big data and AI, like artificial intelligence. It's already here, but it's it's becoming more you know prevalent in the way marketers market, essentially, because they've got access to so much more data. I mean, we did a you and I did an episode on, you know, the Internet of Things, essentially, and how AI is coming in. And and that was talked about quite a bit, the Internet of Things and how it is going to shift things and, and how search is, sorry, voice search is going to take over, you know, typed search. It's already about 20-something percent, but it's going to get up to like 70% by the end of next year, apparently. So, so these are big shifts. And also, conversation is kind of the new way of marketing. So using tools like messenger and there's a lot of apps you know that can, that you can automate things through messenger and it's really just to to get the conversation started before you would jump in and and talk to a real person but yeah to me you know the big data the the ai and 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 bots in apps uh, chat apps is really the the main shifts that i saw so you're saying that computers are going to think for us yeah Absolutely, yeah. And, and when you apply when you apply that to marketing, that could be, you know, a completely different marketing landscape to what it is today. Yeah, most definitely. And if you think about a, a you know messenger app, which you know, is owned by Facebook and half the world is basically, you know, and they're they're pouring so much effort in, into that, and you know, even the the mobile everything's mobile essentially. That's that's the future as well. Everything's going mobile with internet becoming a lot faster on mobile. You know, five Gs in a lot of countries, but yeah, just around the corner for others like us. But yeah, so really everybody's concentrating on mobile. So having you know, kids will be able to order through their you know order a dollhouse through through their mobile phone app you know and and there's going to be shopping carts and checkouts a lot of developers are, are putting efforts into messenger app and you know it's kind of like an open source thing where people can create whatever they want so automation's going to be a big part of it but as marketers and it depends if you're selling products or services but if you are selling services it's really a conversation starter and you can use the automation and you know the bots and all that just to get to a point where you can you know pick it up manually look automation is not a a new thing you know Uh, i think what's going to significantly change is the ability for artificial intelligence to interpret the direction of the conversation uh, to understand more about the person than just being a default reply. So, you know, I see the future of this as the reply being far more tailored based on not only your name, but who you are, yeah. your social circles. It's going to get to the point where AI very, very quickly will be able to do what you and I might do when we first interact with a customer. So we might go to their Facebook, we might go to their website, we might look at their LinkedIn profile, and we'll get a pretty good feel of that person before we start talking to them. And I think that, you know, AI will be able to not only profile yes. the person they're chatting with very, very quickly, but I think they'll be able to tailor the conversation based on things, insights that they get from your online profile. And the scary thing yeah. is that it will go a step further and the only thing that's holding that up is privacy laws because, you know, if an AI could look into your cookies on your computer, they could get a pretty good idea of what you've been up to for the last, you know, one week, 
four weeks, six months, 12 months. Yeah. And again, tailor the conversation to take you in a direction that that is appealing for you as a customer. So I think there's some there's some really, really interesting stuff when it comes to, you know, automation that involves artificial intelligence. Yeah, absolutely, man. And, uh, you know, as well as not just the conversation, but from a marketer's point of view, because they've got access to all this big data and AI, they can, you know, it can make their job a lot easier as well to, to get the right, you know, to target the right people, essentially. Yeah, and that's that's taking things like drawing data from so many different points and yeah. having the AI generate insights from that. Again, it's yeah. the sort of thing that people had to do manually for, for a long, long time. Or there were rudimentary tools, but they were just algorithms rather yeah. than any considerational thought. And, and yeah, there's I've seen some examples of some of this AI that's coming out now, and on the surface, it, it does look very... Uh, algorithm based but then as you delve further into the way it's doing it you actually realize that there's a lot more to it and with time you know, speed of data speed of internet and big data so the, the ability to capture more and more data points it's amazing mm, 100% man yeah but you know having said that that's kind of what's new and it's really just another sort of you know thing to add to your arsenal belt you know like really a lot of things that we do already are still evergreen and and that's a lot of you know a lot of what i learned was sort of reinforcing the evergreen component of marketing as well so you know there's a lot of book recommendations and and a lot of them are just the the principles of marketing essentially and i, I find found that really quite uh, reassuring that even though you got these new tools and new ways of collecting data and whatnot still marketing comes down to the the core principles of marketing Absolutely. If you need to dig a hole, you can do it with an old school shovel or you can do it with an excavator, but you're still going to end up with a hole. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you bet. So, yeah. And so for me, I mean, I got a, a few, you know, takeaways that I'm actually going to, you know, help to implement into my business or improve in my business. And really, you know, a couple of them, I just want to sort of run over briefly if that's if you got time al you got time buddy <laughs> i'm all right listener enjoy because I, i've seen the notes for this there's some gold in there <laughs> excellent so yeah i want to amp up my marketing and sales process by using automation to start the conversation so you know when i say me i've got you know a facebook person that handles my ad campaign and then i've got an infusionsoft person that handles my infusionsoft campaign etc so i'm going to be talking to them and you know I've literally just got back from the event so i've got to um get all this happening in the next week it's really my one thing but yeah i'm going to set up a, a dashboard in infusionsoft to really um, study every step of the way from a cold lead to what happens next etc and all the various funnels that we've got and really have that on a dashboard to work out where we're losing the most you know so obviously a lot of it's successful and and it works but it's not perfect and so i think just by having the dashboard will help me realize what I need to improve the most. And I think, you know, listener, you could get a lot from that as well. If you're not doing that already, if you really map it out in the form of a dashboard and you have stats on every step of the funnel, um, you're really going to notice what what needs fixing the most. I think that's pretty powerful. Absolutely. Data. Data, yeah, exactly, yeah. So, and that's really the, you know, measuring the quantitative data. So, you know, anything that is related to, 
amounts, you know, figures, etc. But then also I'm going to improve my qualitative data. So that's things like heat maps and, you know, videos of your website visitors and, you know, polls and just the whole human behavior of people interacting with your brand. So even down to losing prospects, you know, I don't really do much about when I do lose a prospect and I don't really know why. So just now I'm going to implement, you know, asking a few questions, just some pretty simple questions, you know, like what made you choose them over us? You know, because obviously when, when I find out that we've lost a prospect, they'll tell me that, you know, they've chosen somebody else right so and I just go oh thanks for letting me know and move on but if I dug a little bit deeper I'm going to have some more data so that I can figure out how to improve my process so just by asking like you know what made you choose them over us what could we have offered that you know would have favored us over them and you know how much was their offer all those things are going to help me tweak my offer definitely look I find it interesting we're talking about quantitative data and AI just a moment ago. And, yep. you know, you talked about the videos of people on web on your website, mm-hmm. right? Like that's an example where AI would be super powerful because the only way for you to analyse that data right now is to have somebody sit there yes. and watch every single person interact with your website yeah right whereas an ai could do that on your behalf and then come back to you with a summary of what the ai feels is happening on your site which which i which i think is interesting you it, know? yeah spot on and um hot jar the tool i use for that they're implementing that as well sweet yeah <laughs> tell me about it <laughs> you love hot jar don't I you do, i do yeah cool but yeah having said all that it, there's still a lot to do, right? But, you know, one thing that I'm really concentrating on is trying to take me out of all of the nitty-gritty stuff that I don't really or shouldn't really be doing. So I'm going to delegate that sort of stuff a lot more. So, yeah, I'm going to hire an executive assistant that's, you know, my personal VA that's going to help me document everything, monitor everything, handle the, the new leads right up until the point that I need to be there for the, you know, to start the conversation, whether that's on a, a, a video call or whatever the case is. But I just want to take out all the grunt work so that I can concentrate more on working, you know, on my business rather than in it. Yeah, I mean, having a great assistant, it's funny because in the age of computers and technology and virtual assistants, I think that people are almost starting to forget the value of having a good admin team, the value of having an EA to the CEO or the director, you know, because people are just expected to do a lot of this stuff themselves, but it's a real time drain you know it, it stops you scaling up it stops you leveraging i'd love to hear your journey on finding and hiring your executive assistant i think that, that one's going to be uh, interesting why did that come up out of this event do you mind if i ask no absolutely and so look this is the whole thing like going to an event like that from australia you have a lot of time where you're in a plane right so i had like 15 hours there 15 hours on the way back and then I actually caught an Uber from LA airport to San Diego because our, my flight was delayed and therefore the consecutive flight was delayed as well. So I met up with a, a mate of mine that's also, you know, in, in the communities that we're in, Terence. And yeah, we jumped in an Uber together from, uh, you know, LA to San Diego. But the point is having conversations with all these different people that I met, going out for dinners with people, you know, having drinks at the bar with people, but also having that time on the plane to read books and listen to audio books. And that's all I did, right? So 
yeah, the whole time, you know, I'm not around family. I'm not thinking, I'm not working in my business. I'm just working on my business and all that education just, you know, including the speakers, like the, the stuff that I learned from the speakers, I just had so many notes, like pages of notes, as you've seen, Al, and I just had to break it down to three things, the three things that were most important to me. So the thing that came out of that last point was reading the e-myth, okay? So the e-myth is, you know, hiring people to, to help you do things and then systemizing everything in your business, which is really my next, you know, number three thing, which is to create SOPs for all areas of my business. But I don't want to do that myself. Yeah, nice. So what you're saying is this wasn't necessarily somebody getting up on a stage and saying, hey, this is no, what we're doing. this wasn't. It would be you having some time to work on your business yourself yep. while you're away from the daily grind. But also too, I dare say that most of the people that are up on stage probably have these things already implemented. You would think, but I don't know, after speaking to, you know, some people in high places, a lot of those speakers, they they don't. <laughs> They're not doing as well as they say they are. And But look, some of them are, granted, but yeah, there are quite a few apparently that, uh, yeah, it's a little bit showy. Okay, so number one takeout was look at your metrics, look at your data in a lot more detail, yeah. try and have a better feedback cycle so that you're getting information out of customers, whether you win the job or lose the job. Yeah. The second is to be less hands-on in some of the grunt work and have a an assistant, an executive assistant to invest in things that you don't need to be doing. Mm -hmm. And then the third one is add more standard operating procedures to your business. Yeah, exactly. And so that really came from the e-myth, which I've read before, but it's just good to, to get updated on some of these classics, you know. And I guess that's what came out of the event, you know, the fact that speakers are saying, you know, normal um, evergreen marketing is still as relevant today as it ever has been. So I just thought I'd go back to some of the, the core, you know, books. Like I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad as well, you know. I read that earlier, like years ago. But it's just good to get the reminder of these type of things. So, yeah, really, you know, I want to have SOPs on every part of my business from hiring people to managing people to, you know, the designer's roles to the manager's roles to using our tools to dealing with clients to handling leads, suppliers, just everything. So you end up with a, an operations manual like McDonald's, you know, and, and then it can become a sellable business that doesn't rely on me and it can also be a franchisable business, which is what the the goal is in 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 the e-myth essentially yeah i mean look there's a, there's a couple of really really good books about and and actually i'm i'm going to re-listen to the e-myth because it's been a while since i've listened to the to the audio book of that yep. i should say read it listen to it sure either way but but i think the key when you start trying to systemize your process uh, your, your business is that you discover a lot of parts of your business that are highly complex yeah. And you have to make the decision of whether whether you try and create a procedure for that, whether it's a process of processes. So, you know, one long complex process is broken down into lots of small, simple processes, or whether you just do away with that particular part of your business. You know, it's it's a little bit, it ties into the 80-20 philosophy as well. Like we do a lot of things that we probably don't need to do. Yeah. And, and I need to say, you know, 2017, I spent a lot of time reviewing our standard operating procedures. And, you know, the same thing is as much as we had a lot of SOPs and we try and work tightly within those, I did find a lot of places where 
you know, excess complexity meant that people threw the SOP out the window. Um, yeah. So, so that you know, I think that's that's something that you know, is critical in any business. Yeah. And again, this is not from somebody getting up on stage saying you should have a process-driven business. No. This is just from your time. You you got a, a break from the grind, which yeah. gave you time to have these aha moments. That's right, yeah. And look, you know, this is what I got from the event. And obviously, you know, 6,000 people there and, and 100 speakers and, you know, you can only get to probably a third of the events if you're lucky. So everybody's going to have a completely different experience and completely different takeaways. And I guess based on the fact that, like I said earlier, I, you know, there's a lot that I quite know, uh, sorry, that I know already. And, you know, it just sort of cements the fact that, okay, this is what I know, so I don't need to concentrate on that. But here's the areas that I really should be working on, you know, over the next uh, six, three to six months sort of thing. Nice. Hey, listen, Greg, I've got an idea, right? Yeah. I've you were kind enough to share your notes with me from the event because I didn't get to go and I, and I wanted to get an idea of, of, of what had happened. Yeah. What do you think if we put together a multi-part series of the event and all the, the things you did go to and let's just share that information? Obviously, yeah. you know, we're not trying to rip off these speakers. We can never do it as well as they can. But what we can do is give you insights if it's worth going to this event next year. And there's some gold in these notes, you know, even if you just got one or two things to implement or at least to investigate further, I think the listener could really, really benefit from that. What, what do you, do you think we could, we could put something together? I think yes. it would be maybe a three, four or five part series. Yeah, absolutely. Cause there were recurring themes. So yeah, I could definitely group them together so that, you know, each one of our podcast episodes will have a theme that's, you know, relevant to, yeah, to, to what I learned from the event, but also yeah, to the listener, I think, yeah, we'll put it in an organized way so that you can, you know, learn from one topic at a time, essentially. But we will definitely credit the speakers because, yeah, the content came from them. Awesome. Listener, you're going to love this because, like I said, I've had a glimpse at these notes. And what we'll do is over the next few weeks, we'll, we'll work on this. So keep your, your ears peeled and your eyes peeled for the, the episodes when they come out. As always, all we're interested in doing is sharing our experience and our knowledge. That's it with you, the listener, and hopefully you get something great out of it. Greg, it was awesome to hear what you got out of this event. I'm, to a certain extent, envious. I would have loved to have come and joined <laughs> you over there, and maybe I will next year, but I think I'm going to get some gold out of what you've got to share in this multi-part series that we does, that, that we record. You bet, mate. Awesome. All right, well, we'll leave it there, and hopefully that's a teaser for the listener to jump onto our next episode. Thanks for listening to this one. Thanks, listener. We look forward to hearing you, seeing you, having you on the next episode. <laughs> you bet. Cheers. Thanks for listening to The Real Magic Podcast. Hear more at therealmagic.com.